When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday, and enjoy the talk. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for November 24th, 2019. Koyo Kubose here. So very, very glad you joined us. Thanksgiving is coming. <laughs> Holidays sure are nice. Uh, gives us all something good to look forward to. And, of course, uh, sometimes I think about nowadays, you know, Thanksgiving, and we think of turkey, and there are a lot of there's a lot more awareness of uh, different kinds of uh, diets and uh, you know uh, food, um, uh, and a lot more awareness of uh, different types of um, gluten-free, uh, vegetarian, vegan, raw, and uh, all these things. And sometimes we can't help, but the meat eaters, I think, can't get help but be a little, feel a little sensitive and say, "Oh, I'm looking forward to that turkey." And maybe they're they're, they're among uh, their friends or even their family members that are, you know, they don't eat meat, they eat turkey. Um, so uh, there's a more awareness of it. Well, and there's some that. Um, uh, vegetarians who make uh, to, uh, tofu turkey. I think I don't remember what the term is there, but they they make a, a non-meat turkey, uh, sort of like a meatloaf or something like that. That's I say meatloaf, but it's a, a tofu type of or something made out of plants and. Um, and when the family gets together, um, 
of course, there's the etiquette or or the social aspects of in a in a given family. If they some of the relatives are our immediate family members are are vegetarian, then is it the host social etiquette to provide that kind of meal, or is it understood that the person, if they're sort of in the minority as a vegetarian, they'll take care and bring their own dish to eat. And of course, there's all, all the vegetable dishes, the, the sweet potatoes and uh, mashed potatoes. And of course, mashed potatoes, you got to be careful about the gravy. Okay, And there's vegetarian gravy and things like this. So <clears throat> mealtime and eating together in a celebration or whatever the holiday is, um, there's more awareness in a lot of different ways. Huh. Well, well, <laughs> on the topic of Thanksgiving, I want to talk about uh, <clears throat> kinds of giving. Thanksgiving, giving thanks. Okay, that's one. Okay. But there's also just plain giving, um, like giving in the sense of charity, philanthropy, sharing, um, and uh, this aspect, of course, is one of the parameters, one of the six parameters, and it's the first one, Donna, giving. Uh, a lot of times I re- always remember my father, when he talks uh, about the six parameters, he goes, well, the first one is Donna giving, and he starts talking about that, <laughs> and that's all, you know, he talks about it for the whole period of of, uh, of uh, time that's allotted to the talk, okay? and doesn't have time to get to the others. So every time he starts, that's all we hear about the parameters. All we know is about Donna, because that's what he does the next year. Okay? And so it occurred to me that sometimes you might not want to go in order. Okay? Donna and, uh, the, you know, that's the first parameter, and then there's the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Um, and uh, the congregation might not be too familiar with the other five parameters. But still, Donna, when you say um, as a parameter, well, it's a, it's, it is a nice exercise, I think, to think about all the different kinds of Donna, the kinds of giving that's not just material giving, but um, uh, you give someone your time, you give service, okay? you help out, mm-hmm. um, you give of yourself. You could, how, how many different ways to express the different nuances of ways of giving? Uh, um, uh, a giving of, uh, well, um, if you give thanks, what form might that thanks take? And I always remember this saying that I, I don't know where I read this, but it makes, it's a good one. And I, 
And uh, you, you should, in fact, write this on a little index card and put it above the kitchen sink. And especially when there's um, a family gathering, like Thanksgiving, and uh, the host, of course, maybe everybody, you know, everybody brought a dish, but the host, were, they had to do the most work in the kitchen. Okay. Now, this gets into the area of, uh, um, how you, what might you call it, gender issues or domestic work and, you know, uh, feminism in terms uh, where women are supposed to assume certain roles okay, and so forth. And, of course, recent decades, there's been a lot of feminist movement, okay, uh, and it's all been to the good. Not all to the good, I suppose. It could be abused, okay. But it, but it erases the awareness of um, male issues yeah? um, and then human issues is really the bottom sort of bottom line. Huh? To become more aware of uh, social mores, social customs, and that they may be biased, lopsided, and uh, we should think about others more and not hide behind a particular custom that that favors one gender over another. Oh, men can't cry, or oh, men are supposed to do this, or women are supposed to do this. Anything in the kitchen, you know. Uh, and and over the last several decades, I think we've I think we've come a long way. Uh, fathers would change the diapers. You know, wash the diapers, okay, things like this. Uh, and so there's the the different aspects of the roles, domestic roles. Men help with house cleaning, okay. Women can fix cars, or you know, things like this. They could they could do some physical work, okay. Not be the quote weaker sex, okay. But the thing that came to mind that I wanted to share is this little poem. And uh, I know that a lot of people in a lot of families, if the, if, if the woman got together and they were working in the kitchen, and there's a lot of camaraderie there, right? You know, I mean, there's that aspect. But then when the eating is over, all the men, they get and they clean up the place to wash the dishes and everything, okay? Now, I don't know how it works in all families, but I think there's a, a lot of families that made that kind of shift through awareness of gender roles and these kind, you know, unfairness, okay? So, well, you know, that's not my job. That's not my responsibility. Hey, I don't belong to that union, <laughs> you know? Uh, who cleans the Who cleans the toilets? Uh, who does this? Who takes out the garbage? Who, you know? Well, yeah, I'm just sort of talking around this, but I'm saving the last, the best for last. This poem. You put it on an index card and you place it over the the kitchen sink, and it says, "All the thanks and all the good wishes just can't replace." Help with the dishes. 
love it, right? Yeah, sometimes people might say, ah, you know, thank you very much. Well, hey, how about giving not just verbal thanks, but a little action, a little walking the walk. <laughs> well, okay. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, the guest today to give us a dimer glimpse is Jennifer Fuyo, and she lives in California, and she was part of our LM10 group. So let us hear her dimer glimpse today. Hi, y'all. I'm Jen Fuyo, and I'm really glad I get to follow after Renee Sayo Sensei last week because it seems we have similar inspirations for our dimer glimpse. It has been the year of honoring life for my family. I lost my grandmother earlier this year, and we have dealt with a few more suicides in my husband's workplace, and they all affected us in different ways, but the one we lost a few months ago happened to be Colossus, our pet hamster. It was all of a sudden, and we found out at nighttime, one of our older kids brought it to our attention. It was definitely sad for me because hamsters seem to be the only pet I can be around with my allergies. So it was nice to have a pet in the house to love on. Among our tribe of kids, we have two little ones, a six-year-old and a ten-year-old who were actually sleeping when we found out. And out of all the kids, they were the most attached to him. So we decided to leave Colossus in his cage and cover it, just in case they got up, because that was their routine. They would come downstairs, say good morning, ask how he was doing, see if he ate his food and needed more. And we told the older kids to not let them go downstairs in the morning so they wouldn't have to face that alone. But luckily, I saw my 10-year-old walk past my door in the morning, and I told her to come sit with me. I let her know what happened, and she immediately started to cry. I told her it was okay, and however she wants to feel. There's no wrong way she can feel at this moment. In between her spurts of crying, she would tell me how he was a good pet and how many things she won't get to do anymore with him. It was very hard for her. And so we just laid in bed for a few hours until she felt okay. When she seemed a little more settled, I asked her, well, what do you want to do? What's going to make you feel better right now? And she says, well, I want to make a eulogy. I didn't even know she knew what a eulogy was, so (laughs) that was surprising. But, yeah, she said she wanted to do that and give him a funeral And I said, okay, we can do that. I then asked what she thought about getting a new hamster. And 
she said, uh, no. <laughs> she was like, you can't get a new hamster. Colossus is irreplaceable. And so I said, yeah, I understand. It's okay. You don't have to get a new hamster. And so she seemed to be good with hearing that. And she left to go downstairs to eat. Then comes my six-year-old. And she wakes up, and I call her in, and I tell her Colossus has passed, and I ask her, you know, how she's feeling, and she says, okay, it's really sad that he's not here anymore. And then I was waiting, and I'm like, that's it? I was waiting for the tears to come out of her face. I was just waiting for a complete, total breakdown. Uh, this is my child that pretty much has Niagara Fall beat for the amount of moisture that comes out of her each day. She does not like something. And... There was nothing. And so I thought maybe she hasn't really processed this yet. Maybe she doesn't understand. And I said, okay, well, are you sure you don't want to cry? It's okay if you want to cry. There's nothing wrong with that. Mama loves you and it's okay. And she said, no, I'm fine. I'm sad Colossus isn't here anymore, but it's okay, Mom. You know why? And I said, why? And she said, because we can just go to the store and get a new hamster. Can I see the bottom now? <laughs> oh, I was floored. I, my, I, oh, wow. It was... It was definitely another surprise, and I was like, well, yeah, we're, we're going to give him a burial, and you can see him, and she was just was super excited, and she was like, can I be the one to put his body in the hole? <laughs> and again, just not expecting that to come out of her mouth, and I asked her, are you sure you're going to be okay with that? And in response, I get, Mom, it's not like he can bite me anymore. He's dead. And all I can say was, you know what? You're right. You definitely don't have to worry about that. And so I'm here if you want to talk. And she nodded her head and just went on about her way downstairs. So... That was very interesting, and we ended up having a funeral in the evening, and afterwards, my 10-year-old seemed like she was still a little somber, but she didn't really come to me for comfort anymore. However, throughout the next few weeks, it was my six-year-old who would come and give me hugs or sat close to me when she would say how much she missed Colossus or talk about memories that were popped in her head with him. This was their first experience with losing a loved one that they interacted and cared for day in and day out. 
And I'm thankful for Colossus for giving them another way to experience and express their love, but also giving them a way to experience processing life and death, to know the feeling of grief and to try to understand what they need to heal and continue on. It it never occurred to me that pets can give us that gift. And it was so silly of me to think that something was wrong. They both really loved him, and one of them happened to be more emotional at the time of his death, while my other child had a more matter-of-fact like attitude about it. But in my head, I thought my six-year-old should automatically have a more emotional experience so much that I thought maybe something was wrong. But it wasn't. Everything was exactly how it should be. She processed it the way she needed to, and in her time, not mine. And I understand now that lack of emotion does not necessarily mean coldness or carelessness. I had to remember that what resonated with me as a grieving experience doesn't make it automatic or even the right thing for others to do. What's funny is I had just told my 10-year-old that there was no wrong way she can feel. And, you know, pretty soon after that, that mindset of mine had gotten lost when it came to my six-year-old. And I definitely knew that the grieving process was different for everyone. It was a big part of my studies in college. And I was like, okay, stages of grief. Everyone grieves differently. Yep, got it. But for me, I didn't delve into that understanding and embody it until I saw my two younger ones' opposite reactions. And it made me think of the other knowns that I had got in my life, especially my Dharma practice, all of these concepts and lessons that I think I got, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, yeah, I can roll those babies off my tongue real easily. I got it. But do I get it? <laughs> I promise you that I do not. And I know it's going to take a lifetime for me to even embody some of them. Maybe that's why it's called a practice and not an accomplishment, but... Either way, I know I need to continuously remind myself that no concept should ever be cemented in stone for me. Thank y'all for listening. Thank you. I think that's a tremendous Dharma glimpse, slice of life, real life in a family. Uh... The topic is uh, so universal, so human, you know, and uh, this is a whole uh, area that uh, I know of one book where a minister talked about, Buddhist minister talked about death, but there's... um, I know that also well. I know also know that Thich Nhat Hanh wrote a book on it. 
But uh, a Dharma glimpse type of a book hmm, of all the, well, I might call it nuances or different ways in which we think about it. You know, uh, there's a lot of aspects to it. And uh, uh, it really behooves us to, to, I won't say answer it or solve the problem, okay, as was mentioned, okay, but to just go deeper and deeper into it, okay, so that we become more experienced with it, not with the idea of, well, I got to, I got to, you know, solve this problem of human mortality, my mortality, huh? But that's a gift, I think, that parents could give or adults could give children about the complexity and not the rightness or wrongness of how we process death. Okay. Um, I was thinking about funerals. Um, there, There's a... Funerals are, are called celebration of life, quite commonly more now. Um, then I was thinking about, whoa, how those uh, Irish wakes, <laughs> where all the friends and families go get drunk in a bar. Yeah, well, well, maybe that's, there are better ways than that to, to celebrate a life. But you have a um, uh, funeral procession down Bourbon Street. Where the, the jazz band is, you know, blaring out. Okay. Um, the the kind of um, uh, not just the sorrow or grief, but how that is being, how that's not denied, but how it's expressed. Okay. That there may be a lot of ways to express it. Um. Uh, well, I think we all have our childhood memories if we had pets, and I do too, you know. And I think that the, the, these are often the beginning times when a young child faces the uh, life's reality and is sort of shaped uh to whatever degree by how the family how the parents handle the event okay? how our society handles the event how our culture does you know yeah. um and at the same time every person has to find their own way find their own way okay? and uh, not necessarily it's probably not such a good idea to say find their own answer huh? because this, this gives a different kind of uh direction i think when we say that and it's okay for things to be a process to be a practice instead of an accomplishment okay as was expressed okay that's one of the biggest th takeaways i guess Okay. Uh, uh, how do you accept the 
unacceptable. You're talking about one's own mortality. Hmm? Uh, that's sort of a paradox there. That's a real challenge. And if we're, if we're honest, that's what religion is all about. That's what motivated us. Okay. Hey, and of course, that's right at the basics, the basis of Buddhism, where Siddhartha learned about death. Okay. It's one of the, you know, not just the old person, the sick person. and okay. Oh, the impact of the reality of death. And hey, what, what are you going to do about it? What's the best way to handle it? What's the best way to live? Death is not, somebody said death is not the problem. How to live is the problem. <laughs> well, 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 that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, yes, we got to keep going. And you have a wonderful day. Thank you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.